0: Bam. That was t- that was good timing. Hit him with a fucking karate shot. You just the- did it. I just told the- you.
1: Oh. You did not say the F word, and you just did it. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I
0: can't be contained, bro.
1: Literally before the show, I told Taylor, I said, hey, dude. Can we you
2: end can't it say-
0: and restart it? 12 no. seconds. I said, we no, no, can't say second. it in
1: the first 30 seconds or it dings
2: the
0: show for ads, and Taylor uh, just lets it rip. Before you did last time, maybe five seconds then just F-bomb. Damn! Oh, here he is. Oh. What's up, guys? I was not supposed to say the F word within 30 seconds of the show starting, so that we didn't get dinged for having ads, and I slipped up. He made it. He made it. Three point seven seconds.
1: <laughs> oh man, what's the what's your limit? When what are you allowed? When does the the muzzle come off? The I think
0: I think after the 30 second mark.
1: But totally okay. slipped my oh, mind. Nice. Oh well. We could just run thirty seconds of dead air if you like. If you can't help yourself.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be tough with him.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what's up with you, dude? Easy day today, recovery day.
1: Yeah, Thursdays are like my only day off. Um, I swim in the morning, but because I got I do fifty meter lanes, and they they only open from like six to eight for fifties. So I go like first thing in the morning early. And then so it's kind of feels like a full day off because I'm done by 8 a.m. <laughs> so I'm just like, I get to kick it first today. So I kind of schedule all my other stuff during Thursdays, calls or errands or things I have to do. So doing you- laundry,
0: doing like normal life stuff because I put it off for the rest of the week and pile
1: it up for Thursdays.
0: What's the what's the male equivalent for 40 pound dumbbells? Like if females have 40 pound dumbbells, males, 60s or 65s. Pro, hmm. I mean, I'd probably go sixty fives. So we we did this workout this morning. It was fifteen devils press, three hundred meter swim, thirty dumbbell thrusters, three hundred thirty dumbbell thrusters, three hundred fifteen devils press. And it looked pretty pretty panicky after the sets of thirty. Getting so it was in the four water. four swims, uh, three swims. Three so swims devils 300 press. Meters. Yeah. Devil's okay. Press. So you
1: start and finish on the dumbbell. Yeah, devil's press. Yeah, it's pretty nasty.
0: And sorry, how many del- devil's Press? Fifteen. It's the devil's press are irrelevant. It's the thrusters. Yeah, his thrusters were pretty. were, were really bad. And this one, we went to this open water place that I used like a range finder a long time ago, and I thought it was going to be hundred out and back, and I got there, and I was like, oh. It oh, so, that it's like at, at the lake when I swim <laughs> so, in open water too you kind of
1: eyeball and you're like well, I don't know and then like my, my watch I'm not sure how it is for it has an open water setting but I don't know how yeah. accurate it is and sometimes I just go out and you you do the first swim and the, I come out and I check my watch and I'm like ah
0: okay. <laughs> like,
1: it might usually I try to go more on time because of that i'm like yeah you know is it if i'm trying to swim you know 400 meters is it like are we looking at eight minutes or did i just do 10 minute swim and now we're like (laughs) i don't really know how far i swam but yeah Yeah, the thrusters i did a workout not that long ago with a very similar except it went devil press thruster push press and it was only three it was four swims and three dumbbell yeah um and it was lighter dumbbells but it was uh yeah, I know definitely the swim after the thrusters was the one where I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Michelle was getting it. No, I was paddleboarding like next to her. She's getting the water. She's like, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> like, you're just hurrying, And then also like your triceps and your arms, yeah. just like, yeah. devil's press is like it's a bit smoother, it's a bit slower. Like it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's annoying and it takes time, but yeah. it's not. It doesn't quite. Spiky. It doesn't treat you the same as the yeah. thrusters do, <laughs> and that was I felt the same. The push press at the end, you're just like rattling them off, like. <laughs> Breathing super fast (laughs) in the water, you're like, okay.
2: Takes you like a good
1: couple of minutes swimming to get back to
2: normal. I mean, I know I wonder you, you guys probably do too. It's been not counting 2020 because the field was so small. It's been since the beach, right? It's been since the swim, kettlebell thruster, burpee, that there's been like a mixed modal swim workout at the games, right? I don't count last year's because it's just monostructural for both. So I, I wonder how many... It seems like a lot of athletes are expecting something like you're talking about, and like Taylor's talking about, that if there is a swim, that it's like some
1: CrossFit. Like, I like think everybody's be- been wanting it and expecting it for a long time. And, but I, I think that part of the problem is it's a bit of a logistical concern. And there's also some question as to, you know, what can you safely do when you're all wet? and things like that and there's there's some there there are some some concerns around that like are you going to put a heavy barbell overhead like probably not. No, um really. I think if if I went there and they told me that that's what we we're going to do I might put my hand up and be like ah that's a bad idea. <laughs> but you know that's why I think even that one in uh 2020 when they used the slam ball say even instead of using a heavy dumbbell which is effectively what it was because it wasn't a slam ball like a slam ball is not a a movement you can do Cause you're just going to pick it up and drop it. Like the harder you right. slam it, you're burning energy for no reason. Right. It's, it's not a slam ball. It was like a ground to overhead with the D ball, right. but the D ball is a little safer implement overhead than, than a handle. I think that's just got metal on it and stuff. So I think that that was a really cool event. I, we all wish we could have done that one. Cause it's probably the coolest swim workout we've seen since the beach. But really? uh, I think, yeah, we've been kind of wanting it, but there's like, you know, if we're at the pool again, I think that they're worried about wrecking the tile too and things like that. Right. And like, what, what can you do? Um, But it would be nice to see. I think it's a fun, if nothing else, it's a fun way to train it. Like I have a lot more fun doing swim workouts that have those aspects to it rather than just like, you know, do a little beach entry and then I swim for a bit and then I get out and I run and then I swim and then I run and then I get on the paddleboard and then I swim again. And like I did a yesterday, two days ago, Tuesday, I did a, like swim paddle workout where it was like 400 meters you'd swim, then you'd paddle the same distance. And then every round you'd do a different position on the paddle. So like starting with prone, then kneeling, then standing. And just like, yeah, it's like, it was fine. It was like fun, I guess, but it it gets a little bit tedious doing that. Those, how many different ways can you do a a run paddle or a run swim? Right. And it's, uh, I think that as the first workout. Yeah. Yeah. We hopefully will get a little bit more freedom for that. I don't know why, you know in the past when we were at the lake why we couldn't have just rolled out mats in the parking lot and like throwing some things down uh and you could easily do like dumbbell squats or something like that mm-hmm. like there may be even if there's question about safety for certain things overhead there's a lot you can do without going overhead like you do a bunch of dumbbell cleans or do a bunch of whatever like there's tons of stuff you, you can
0: do do you so, think do you think um, you're going to see any cool. single modality uh to start the weekend do you do you anticipate single modality to start the weekend prior to the cuts? Do you want it?
1: I I think uh, that there's, I think, I don't think we're going to see. Hmm. So you mean single modality, like a full score for just one thing
0: ish. Yeah. I, yeah. To to a degree. I'm thinking like single modality as just one thing, but also including like a CrossFit total or a run swim rum where there's different movements, but it's all monostructural based or all weightlifting based. Right. So like last
1: year, would you call the shuttle the overhead a mon- uh, single modality? No, no, no. I, I see. Think I that would. One.
0: By that would? criteria,
1: I would. It was a hundred points for running. It was a hundred points for right. shouldered over.
0: Oh, okay, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, then yes, but including that,
1: you know, so that's that's the question: is like, does that count? That was technically two events, but yeah. You know, I think that's, it's still a fairly crossfitty and like interval style. Like there was some nuance to it. It wasn't as simple as what you like row one K or something like that. Right. Um, So I think maybe we'll see some stuff like that, you know, the bike to work. Like some people could look at that and be like, that was pretty monostructural, but anybody who did it will tell you that the gymnastics was a lot more valuable than you might've thought going in. Uh, And like that second round, when you started doing chest to bars, it was like, you came off, and if you were super lactic in your arms, it took a while to feel comfortable on the bike again. Mm. And like people who were up smoother on the chest bars didn't fight that on the last round of biking and maybe got right into their speed after a lap or two. So I think there's like, we'll see. I, I, looking at what Bosman did last year, it would kind of surprise me to see very single modality stuff. Um, I think he likes to have complexity. Uh, Sometimes, in my opinion, unnecessarily so, but uh, that's one man's opinion.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, everyone wants to talk about the cuts and the implications for the athletes themselves. I, we all think about it more from a programming standpoint, right? It's not only important for Thursday to Friday to stand alone as their own CrossFit Games, but in my opinion, it really breaks it up into three different competitions. So you have Thursday and Friday, then you cut, then you cut. So Thursday and Friday need to be well rounded. You need to make sure you know who's strong, or at least maybe who's not weak. That you know who has good endurance, who has good skills, whatever. But then to me, based on the order of the workouts, if you have uh, let's just say Saturday is really gymnastics heavy, and then Sunday is just gonna be heavy, like back nine type heavy type workouts. Well, if you're just one of those dudes that didn't get to do the Sunday workouts, you're gonna get cut unnecessarily. So it's almost like Saturday has to be really, really, really well done because you're about to cut 10 really good people just to have them do maybe three workouts at the end of the weekend.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I you, think this can, is, sorry, go ahead, Taylor. I was just going to ask, I was, you do you think 20 to 30 is really, really good and relevant by Saturday? I guess you, Pat, JR, either of you? So I think JR's point is why cuts
1: shouldn't exist at the games um i i don't i think that there's too many it takes away too many aspects of competition for what it adds um to me it doesn't add much uh i know that there's an argument you made about oh it makes it a little more exciting people's backs are against the wall like people are competing like their backs against the wall regardless like there's money on the line there's things on the line like if you're an athlete who's on the games floor you're trying your best you're like and yeah there's some there's maybe like a little, I don't know. I don't want to say it's a little bit of extra fire. Cause like, frankly, like you're going to do whatever you can. Uh, if not, if anything else, it might force mistakes. Uh, but the reality is like, so last year's events, your, your example is a reasonably good one about timing of events that makes a huge, huge difference. So last year, what were Laura Horvath's Sunday finishes? Back nine, last I would imagine was,
0: back nine I would imagine she I don't won know the back nine is. she won yeah, alpaca really
1: and I think yeah. she took like a third maybe on, <laughs> right the, on Jackie Pro on maybe. the Jackie Pro so you're, you're talking like if that's someone who is a stronger athlete and and that sort of thing hasn't been tested as much or the order of events just happens to fall a certain way where their strength is there if that athlete is in you know 18th place Or, you know, let's say they're in 21st place, they get cut right before that happens. Those finishes would put them up to like 11th, maybe even in the top 10.
0: Yeah.
1: That is massively significant, not just in terms of placing, but like, like that fucking pays you. Yeah. Money. A ton. So like that, that's where it's just like, I don't, I have a hard time justifying it. If the order of events plays any impact on the leaderboard, that's, uh, you know, that's not great from a fairness perspective Um, we're asking people to take a different test some people are taking a full test some not so much but you're you're then you're grading them on the same scale so that looking at the the cutting system what it does is it basically kind of invalidates anybody from 20th place 21st place onward and and we get this sense that like all that matters is finding like the top top people in the right order we don't really care about the order of everybody else like, as long as maybe the top three are in, are in the appropriate order, everybody else is just sort of, eh, whatever. Which just shouldn't be the case. Like, opportunities don't fall that way. A top 10 finish is massively significant. If you're a rookie and you even have a top 20 finish, that's pr- super significant. Like, so I don't love it. The changing scoring tables make a big difference. The order of events make a big difference. Um, it's just super challenging. And I think it also handcuffs the programming a bit. So now, all of a sudden, I can't, I can't test certain things almost at all, because I can't test them in the first part of the competition because it'll skew the cut too significantly. I can't maybe do certain single modality tests or very, very specific tests that I want to do. And you'll be heavily criticized if some of that stuff comes up too early. And then post cut, suddenly there's these specialist events and it, Mm -hmm. and then, but the the specialist has been cut. And I think there's just, it it doesn't, it doesn't add enough for me. And so I don't know, I'm like always defensive of the athlete perspective as well. So I think it's like, you know, the guys in, in 20th to 30th to 40th place, they still matter. And those are so oftentimes what's happening is we're cutting the athletes from some of the, the geographical regions that we're trying to grow the sport in. So like, we're just sort of like, we're on one hand, we're saying like, yeah, we want to grow these communities in Africa and in Asia and whatever. And then we're just chopping them (laughs) off the knees immediately (laughs) And it's just like, okay, you know, you you say one thing and do another. It's just, it's tough. Uh, So I don't know. I mean, I think it it makes, it makes it a tightrope walk for programming. Uh, And I think that if you just knew everyone was going to take every test, you'd be able to program a little more freely. Um, But now you can't quite as much.
2: Yeah, because I mean, as close as it was in, in 2019 toward the end, and as much as, we could dive into the placement of those events and the events that were on Saturday night and on Sunday that a lot of you guys didn't get to do and didn't get to maybe punish other athletes in the top 10 for poor finishes. I always think about that year and think about something like that split triplet. And I Mm -hmm. think about like you and Brent Mm -hmm. on the pegboard dumbbell workout and thinking to myself, like, I wonder what would have happened on that workout. Would Noah and Matt have still kind of finished where they were and like BKG, would they still be pulling everyone along? Or like could you or Brent have won that? Could you have taken points away from either of them? Could you have made the could you have made the standard really, really interesting? But we'll never know those things because I think that year, above all years, the order of the workouts and when they did the cuts just played a significant role to mm-hmm. the to the top 10.
1: I let,
0: I let, I also think going, going to 10 instead of 20 is still, is, is extra significant in that respect, Yeah. I watched Dave's, like when they announced it, I initially was what all my, all my thinking was in line with what you were initially saying, Pat. And then I watched Dave's Week in Review and I let his explanation kind of like swoon me towards, I guess it's okay. But I, I, hearing you say it again and hearing your perspective, I, I, I agree. I don't think the benefits, like the viewership benefits, the, and he used the argument of, oh, now we can take the handcuffs cuffs off with programming, but your perspective, yeah, you should, you have handcuffs. Yeah, you shouldn't. You, you have handcuffs in the early, early part of the event as well. And then. So I think one of Dave's comments that he tends to
1: present in this is that, well, when we have a smaller field it allows us to do more interesting yeah. things with the programming. Yeah. and, i can understand that but we haven't seen it every time he says that we don't see it even in 2019 when we had yeah. 10 people perfect yeah. opportunity to do some really cool stuff and they did what toes to ring and assault bike burpees <laughs> to ring and and by yeah. uh, overhead squats yeah. um you know they swam a kilometer paddle a kilometer all things we could have easily done with with larger which fields field, especially the um, swim there, were, swim, yeah. there wasn't anything in there that wasn't doable with a larger field i think what it does do is it gives their team a, a bit of a break yeah. um which you know i can understand that yeah. but th- there's you know it, it just becomes a bit of a priority shift of like it, i don't think it improves the competition yeah. um so I, I will say that fairly adamantly and i'll say it until the other day i die i don't think it adds or improves as anything or improves the competition but are there other considerations surely there are and there's ones that I, you know we're less aware of but that's kind of my perspective on
0: it he mentions he mentions bottom athletes towards the end of the weekend getting drug along and i wonder i mean you've been at the top of the sport almost you know essentially since your first year towards the top of the field do you do you ever see that or do you ever think, i mean I feel like you're so focused in competition. It's hard for you to see. Potentially. I don't know. But do you think some of those bottom athletes at the end of the weekend or even at the start, there's that category of athlete that's like, I made the game. That was the huge hurdle. That was the big climb. Now what? I kind of just show up and participate. Do you think that exists? Because in his argument, he, he almost hints to that or alludes to that.
1: I think it does. And I think that there's always even good, great athletes who are having a really bad weekend. You watch people who don't look like themselves. Right. And I've been in positions where, you know, you're on a podium hunt on the last day and certain workouts come up and then you look around and be like, who's going to be competitive in this workout? This guy, this Mm -hmm. guy, they normally would, but they're out. Like you can tell like the lights just out of their eyes, like they're just not going to be there. And I think that's often why on the last day of competition, you see, very similar names, trading positions in the top five. Like those are the people who have that little bit of extra. And that's just like, you've got that extra bit of adrenaline or whatever, because it feels closer. Um, But I don't, I still like, is is that justification to get them off the floor? Like I'm, I'm, I just don't know if it is. And I think that again, if you're trying to develop athletes and create athletes who will then be in that position in a year or two, um, to keep not letting them even compete a full weekend, uh, it just seems weird. And not to mention, like, I just, the idea to me that suddenly at the games, it's super important that we cut athletes. Um, it, it's just weird to me. Like, we don't do it at any other stage of the competition. Yeah, Every filter we've gone oven. through, you don't cut. And, and, and like, you, you do after after yeah. the competition yeah. we filter down but never yeah. in the middle of a competition are we cutting athletes so it just suddenly it becomes like it's a super duper important thing that we do it just feels weird um and i don't i don't know if it again if Budget. we're trying to yeah and that's the thing there are there are other considerations right and i think yeah. that they're like yeah you know we our our staff are getting tired and like judges are going to make more mistakes if we've got to run double the heats and this and that and like maybe yeah maybe um but i just think from a Purely like develop sport development and, and improving the sport and competition perspective. I just, I don't think that there's much of an argument for, I think yeah. it's just, you know, those guys, some guys start in 30th place and then in like two years they develop three years, they develop, they grow. And then they're top 10 athletes. But you know, if you're never, if you don't feel the effect of a full games weekend, you're never allowed to continue. It can be demoralizing and you can just chop people out. Uh, and then, you know, you're going to end up with, the same people rolling around in the top 10 until they retire. And then it's just yeah. like, it's weird, you don't, you don't get the same storylines of people developing and contending. And I don't know. I just, I think that there are, I could name many reasons why I don't like them and I can't name many reasons why I think that they're
0: beneficial. So. Do you think, do you think cuts specifically hinder the athletes that are 20 through 40 in terms of like partnerships, sponsorships, potential in the in the industry to support themselves? Um,
1: yes. Like I think that any opportunity you have to spend more time on a competition floor, how many times a year do we compete generally five, if you're ambitious, like, so visibility for sponsors is a big thing. Uh, you know, that's frankly, there's not enough prize money or money in the sport right now. So that's how most athletes generate their living. Um, so, you know, if you can say, yeah, well, I improved from 30th to 20th that can entice more sponsors. You can, and, and just more time on the competition floor. I think it just, it, it benefits that stuff. It supports partnerships more. And again, I think I saw. I think Dave made a, a comment about being able to support their partners better by doing cuts. And I don't really know. I don't remember what he was kind of, how he was making that work, but yeah. I don't know. Um, That's part
0: of the argument. I think, yeah, I just,
2: that it's like they give more time for people to be out in vendor village.
1: If uh, there's less uh, there you go. Yeah. They are competing. Sure. Okay. Yeah. That's not a very strong
0: argument when when you say it.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. And and there's like, you know, that people have said, yeah, well, the first two heats, no one's watching anyways. Everybody gets up and goes pee and gets food. And again, I I like from the athlete shoes on the floor perspective, I I think if you pulled those athletes and said, hey, look, you finished in 33rd place, you got cut. Or, like, you're in a position where would you rather that we continue this competition? You get to keep going on the Coliseum floor and competing in front of a very sparse crowd, or would you rather just pack it in? No, yeah, like up the up athletes are going to say yeah. everybody's yeah. going to want to compete, right? Like, ah, oh, no, I could do better. I want another chance to, you whatever. Like, like, people don't get, you don't fall over backwards and wind up on the games floor. Yeah, like those people have worked for a long time to get there, um, and you know, you earn your you earn your right to compete at the quarterfinals. You compete the quarterfinals. You earn your right to compete at the semifinals. You finish the semifinals. You earn your right to compete at the games, and then we just fucking get rid of you as soon as it's a little bit inconvenient. Like I, it just feels strange to me, and I think that the question the, again th- th- there are arguments for and against. To me, the arguments for cuts are are soft. Uh, and the arguments, the games, I think, just hold more water in terms of improving the competition and improving the and, and pushing the sport forward. But like I said, one man's opinion.
0: I think I think that's a good segue into the specific topic we we're talking about for today's show. And I think, you know, what I wanted to call the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you hope that, in terms of programming prior to the first cut, do you think workouts like that are important, as important as maybe single modality specialist tests? Do you want to see a lot of balance between, quote unquote, small man and big man workouts? Um, What does that look like for you?
1: Uh, I think it's important. And I think that, you know, as much as we often try to ignore it, those are realities. Like there just are workouts where it's significantly more beneficial to be smaller or lighter or, you know, different body types. And that's why at the games a lot of the athletes are a very similar body type because it's filtered to people that are going to be successful in the big guy stuff and then and also the smaller guy stuff right so we have a lot we have a few outliers which makes it really fun and that's part of what makes the sport fun to watch is you get to watch some of these outliers just absolutely smash the stuff when it comes across the plate so i think I hope they'll do a decent job of balancing it. A lot of workouts have a pretty decent balance anyway. Yeah. It'll tend to skew one way or the other. But even if you look at semifinals, um, you know, workouts like uh, the the Ruck one, it was more beneficial to be a little bit smaller yep. uh, based on how the finishes stacked up at the end. If you look at the top, you know, five scores worldwide and that, there's just no denying it yeah Um, the burpee box jump over wasn't a big enough hindrance for the small guys to overcome the big advantage they had on the rings and the pistols and the pistols uh in in that in that time frame so you know it is the way it is like it was still you got to be fit to do it like there's no and same thing with linda like guys that have small range of motion yeah there's a lot of weight but if you have small range of motion and you can pump those things out across that many rounds it makes a huge difference especially on the dumbbells yeah um But, you know, then you put those workouts, like the long run, rope pull, whatever, like mass moves mass. And on those machines, especially it's the same thing. Like everybody, same, same argument, reverse direction. The top five scores worldwide, like the average weight's like 240 pounds or something like that, right? Like people are just big and there was no denying it. But across those seven scores, it was okay. Right. I think we probably skewed a little large at semis this year because of how many machines were involved and yeah. heavy stuff. But um, you know, the games is a little bit as long as they balance on the first two days with a fair amount of uh I don't know how last year I think was kind of the first time that we you know, 2021 was the first time we did Coliseum before the weekend. But indoor events tend to to skew small and outdoor events tend to skew large at the games, I would say. I,
0: I felt like for a while it seemed like the games were trending towards maybe a, sm- a bit of a smaller demographic. And then you look at this year at semifinals. I mean, you're one of the bigger people in the field, but I feel like it's interesting having met you in competition once, like we're relatively the same height. And I do not consider myself a big person at all, but you're right. You yeah. yeah.
1: Look- it's like, <laughs> people think I'm bigger than I am.
0: No, you look across the field and you're like, where'd everybody go? Oh, <laughs> and I'm ten, yeah. like five, nine without shoes. Uh, but then you see guys like this year, like yellow, Yella Haste. Uh, yep. And you're a huge guy. I mean, obviously you, Brent, Jason, is it, do, do you feel like it's trending in one direction or another, or it's relatively balanced right now in terms of athletes in the field? I, I think it, it, you know, it waxes and
1: wanes a little bit. Like years ago, 2012 ish, it was trending large. Yeah. Uh, weights were getting really heavy, much heavier than they were to start. And then we kind of reversed direction around 2016 17 maybe after 17 probably where things got a little bit less heavy and a little Mm -hmm. bit more high volume um and a lot of more a lot more high skill gymnastics yeah and then now it's you know even then i think 2017 was probably 2016 17 we were starting to see a lot more strongman influence at the games Mm -hmm. so as that happened big bodies make a difference And some of the athleticism events on the field, big bodies matter. So the more outdoor events there were, there was starting to be a little more skew, but you got to get to the games, right? So that's why at the games, it's still going to be a certain body type that's prevalent because a lot of the, the arena style workouts that we're doing at regionals, they don't have those elements a lot of the time. So then if you can get through that threshold, a guy like, you know, like Brent can go to the games and be super successful in stuff that's never tested earlier in the season, and yeah. it's a cool little card to have in your back pocket. Yeah. But some of those bigger bodies are really good at those athleticism events, like you know, and strongman stuff, moving implements, point to point. Those things matter a lot. So, I think this year was the first time we've seen. Yeah, last year is weird just because everybody did different stuff, right? So hard to to really compare um in the qualification stage. But this year was and- the first time I think at the qualification mm-hmm. stage we had very games esque elements added in. There were like more the hand than there hand. has been in the past. Yeah, the the heavy sled drag, even the ruck bag, stuff yeah. like that. That's yeah. like those are things that we've in the past seen more at the games. Um and it's trickled down now to the semis. So I think we're starting to get that body type skew back up where the people who are successful at those things are now just going to be the ones that are going to the games instead of having to find a way to get to the games in order to find success with those elements later. Um, So it's probably, it's coming up a little bit. I saw some stats about what the heights and weights were recently. Uh, Somebody like barbell spinner, somebody posted it. And it's such a lie. There's like (laughs) zero chance. It was saying there was like, like when you guys check in, that why, don't,
2: why don't they just take weights?
1: Just let that be they part should. of the check in. That way we can they we can should. speak then, to it. We can like, and then that's you know what? And then they should he, they should like, com- they should compare it against what you self-reported. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like wow. I think that's I mean, it's really cool to be able to say something like, No, Cody Anderson is pound for pound the strongest CrossFit athlete if we base it on the squat clean pyramid workout, right? Whatever. Like it's just cool to know those things. Hey, um, you know, Jason Hopper's got a 30 pound advantage on on Will Morad and they finished one 2 in echo press. What does that say about the workout? Well, maybe it's not a small man's workout. Maybe it's just a good CrossFit workout. Like those are stories that analysts can use to bolster arguments or can like make people like idiots. When before the
1: workout, they say, oh, this workout's all going to be about this type of athlete. I K- it K- reminded R- me of my lacrosse days when I was like padding the you're padding the program with everybody's two inches taller and twenty pounds heavier than they are on the floor. <laughs> <clears throat> I was like, this is wild. Do you think, yeah, they
0: you are? Know, do you think it's everyone
2: everyone does the opposite? Everyone wants to say that they're lighter and they want to say that they're shorter. They don't want to say that they're heavier and taller. What
0: I, people want to say they're shorter. I sure as fuck don't.
1: Well, that's what um. I was. That's what I'm like, oh yeah, there's <laughs> ten guys that are six foot plus that qualified. I don't believe it. Yeah, like I, I was standing on the i was standing at the northwest, and i'm like like who like brent is and out of our field he'd be the only one i think maybe maybe mm-hmm. sam is might be six feet i, I
0: think thought he's, he's about five eleven
1: yeah i thought he's yeah he's about five eleven. so so that was like and like gray shaber like i, mean, he, I think he's about five eleven too like i feel like brent yeah. was the only one in my region I and mean, then i'm like you look at in the east it was probably uh yes. jason, jason and, and uh yeah, Roma, probably gray.
0: Roman spray so we we're at like
1: four yeah. and then yellow Brazilian. hosta probably is five mm-hmm. even if both the Brazilians are we're at seven and it's like <laughs> Shurunky, <laughs> Is Shurunky a big yeah, guy Shurunky, five, eight. Eight. I'm like yeah. man they're they're just like it was it was looking Not a, a little bit outrageous and I was like yeah I don't know about that I don't know if the average height is now one and average weight is 220 it's like I just don't buy it I was looking at the guys in my region and it certainly wasn't the case there so
0: jr do you think it's worth giving a couple examples of a quote-unquote big man versus a small man workout paul bunyan versus Wee man
2: yeah i think so i mean i I, in a way just because it's so it's so relevant like to semifinals i mean i imagine pat is is in the camp of when you add a ruck to anything you're actually helping the bigger athlete in the gymnastics test you're not making it harder for them which is what a lot of people that maybe don't know the sport as well assume oh well that big guy's got to wear that or he's got to wear a vest so the gymnastics are now going to be even way harder for them but what they don't understand is what that relative to your body weight relative right so let's just let's say that that workout um is just 50 burpees for time with no ruck and they add a couple complexes let's just say that for the sake of argument like to me you look at a workout like that and you say okay that workout is probably going to be won by a smaller stature, less range of mo- motion. I disagree. Maybe a lighter I actually. Athlete.
0: I
1: actually, I actually think that workout would have been won by more of the big guys if that was what it was. Really? Because I think right. all so, the small so- guys they turned over the ring complex faster, and they also turned over mm-hmm. the pistols significantly faster. So all the small guys were getting to the box with a ten to twenty second cushion mm-hmm. over guys, and then they were, they were. F- Maybe faster on the box, but the height is significant. So, like, the last round, I was moving a lot faster than both Tetlow and uh, mm, and Mertens yeah. were, and I made up a lot of ground on the box in the last rounds, and I could do, like, a step down off the box where they couldn't do that. I think that they the advantage, all the small guys won that workout, you know, Janakowski, uh, the top five scores were all quite small, and I don't think it was because of the box. I think it was because of the muscle-ups and the pistols. Mm-hmm. Probably mostly the pistols. Okay.
2: So Taylor, like for me, there, there are movements that kind of muddy the water. Like, let's just say running on a runner. Mm, If you guys, if you guys do those two back-to-back workouts as shuttles, does it, does it, does it it skew it? Does it skew it? Does it make it more balanced? Does it make it like specifically the second part of it that you did so well on? I'm under the, I'm in the camp of. If you have a good, if you have good capacity and you're not a terrible runner, the load that you can put into that belt, pulling that thing Hmm. is going to make you help you beat someone like James Sprague. Although when you guys run outside, it
1: might not be. I think, I
0: think, I think running shuttle is also a very
1: different running type. It is. If you're smaller and the shuttle distance is shorter, you're going to crush people who are bigger because you you just to hit the brakes and turn around all that momentum when you weigh a lot. It, it it'll blow your legs out really fast. So I think a shuttle run would have been much more beneficial for a smaller athlete. The longer you made the shuttle, that, that difference would start to decrease. Yep. But, uh, the runner for sure benefits the big guys. There's benefits, no
0: yeah. question. If it's an 800 meter run on a track versus the runner, I, I think the big guy has an, a, more of an advantage on the runner because you can carry momentum a lot on it. Sure. Yeah. For me, I can relax and run quite a bit faster on a runner than, than on a track. Yeah, and Taylor. I'm sorry for DRL and your question. I've completely just went in another direction. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, celebrate ten. That's an easy yeah, one, right? Yeah. Like well, I was going to say that.
1: That's my example, a perfect example
0: for a small guy workout. <laughs> Colton, yeah, smashing um, it. And
1: it's it's always it's like re- stuff that's that had a high a lot of gymnastics, which is has a body weight component to it, and it the, the, the weightlifting component to yeah. it was very cycle Ranger. rate dependent. Yeah. yeah. right. So. Colton, like, I remember before we even did the event, I congratulated him being like, I'll fucking wait for me at the finish line. I remember you saying yeah, that. don't mind. <laughs> and he's great, right? He's like, I think he kind of knows when he's got a good pitch coming and yeah. he's very humble about it, but he's like, oh, you know, we'll see. And then I think he beat second place by two minutes. Two minutes, in a, yeah. In a 10-minute in a, in a, in a workout or something like that, yeah. right? Like, just, it, it's ridiculous. And, you was, think of- and there's just nothing you can do. Like, those yeah. sort of things, you're... If I'm sitting next to him and I'm squatting the same speed as him, he'll finish three reps ahead every time. It's just like you just have to not watch.
0: <laughs> what do you would what, about... what do you guys
1: say that Echo Fran is was the was the
2: was the other end of the spectrum at that competition? I thought the know... flip sled was probably more big man dependent. Yeah, okay. I would say I would agree with that.
1: Echo, because yeah, and you guys are again, one
2: too, and you guys are both talking about how
0: you're not one of the biggest guys in that field. But the... Maybe maybe. But we are. Yeah, the I thruster, the, the
1: thruster and chest bar were just too big of a component in the Echo bike one. Like, you it, have to be moving good the one thirty five thruster yeah. was a big piece of it. And if that's significantly easier for you, or you're moving it at double the speed, then you all of a sudden you bought yourself a slower bike, <laughs> and slower that bike, feels so. really nice. But uh, I would say the flip side one maybe because every piece was weighted as well, like, yeah, the, 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 men, menball, like the weighted med
2: ball and yeah but yeah. And just, um, yeah. And just leverage on that apparatus. It just like Scott and Colton are just going to like, as, as good as they may be at flipping something, like eventually like being farther away from it, kind of like being
1: taller on those sleds makes a big difference, right? Just because of the angle where you feel the weight. Um, but even that, like that year at Waterpalooza, the, the swim workout we did was heavy okay. on machines, right? Yeah, but, It yeah, was but... like if you were, you needed to be aerobic, and you needed to be able to swim decently well, but if you could do those two things, the bigger athlete would have an advantage over the smaller one, because we used the runner, and we used the rower, and then we only swam like a 250, 250. or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, Taylor, who was no. third on that?
1: It was you, James, and Dallin? Was Dallin third? Who was third? No, Maybe uh,
0: No, it was the no. Matt Poulin. Oh, Poulin oh, oh yeah.
1: Okay. Thing. And then I feel like Vino or somebody was in there. Was he there that year? Maybe not. But Hopper, oh, Dallin, like it was a bunch no. of those guys were in the at the end. There carone well.
0: I thought. I did. Corone do well? He was there. I thought he. Did I think, well he, took a on oh, I think really? he took okay. a hit on that one. Oh um,
2: really? Yeah. Like I don't know if you spoke to. Actually, I think Colton gave some pretty cool insight. He went on Sevon's show not too long ago, and they were asking him about the finale and the semifinal workout. And how everybody was like, oh well, you know, once again, it's a, it's a power athlete test because the toes bar being the number that they were and maybe not 30, like they kind of took out the like strategy there. Like, well, if pack and hold on for three sets of 30 versus holding on for three sets of 20, it makes a big difference. The sandbag was kind of negligent. It's just going to come down to the bike. And Colton was like, yeah, you know, what's funny is that these workouts come out and they're like, oh, well, you know, that's a big guy workout. And then if I do well, it's no longer a big guy workout that I'm just, better at the big guys on it's just like well no no no. maybe
1: it's not a big guy workout anymore that's a big guy workout for sure he he said yeah
0: yeah that's that's
1: where this topic there's just like there's a cutoff point in that workout so i actually did that one in testing and i Mm -hmm. biked slower than in competition i biked like 85 to 88 rpm my goal was just like bike above 85 um Mm -hmm. but i did all rounds of toast to bar unbroken and, and pretty fast and was very quick on the bag, and I was ended up putting me like a I don't know what like 420 some or low 420s time. Um, and then in competition, I was like, I'm gonna bike 90 RPM, like I'm gonna ramp it up significantly more. And I was not able to hold on to the last set of toes to bar because you just get way more lactic and you're you're mm-hmm. like just a little more beat up. My last bag was was quite a bit slower, uh, and I ended up being like it was like 410 or 411 or something like that. So, or no, maybe 409. I don't know. I was like around the 410 mark. So not significant, and like a time like I did in training, which like Colton could do what I did in training and he probably did. And it's not a bad strategy. It just means like you don't gas the bike quite as much, but then you feel way better on the toes bar. You can snap them out quicker, but there's a cost. Like you can't, if you bike at that like 90 plus range or like way faster, then suddenly you're you know, you're a little heavier, your legs are a little heavier on those toes to bar. Like you're a little bit slower. There's some risk in that breakdown of that last round and it's worth it. Like, you know, what we saw in the East with four guys going under four minutes, all of them broke the last set of toes to bar, but it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. So like, I think that if you're a big enough guy to push the bike that hard, manage the first two rounds, scramble at the very end and just get the bag in. That was the best strategy to be successful. So, big if guy, didn't, I, I have think it's the capacity on yeah. the bike. If you didn't have the capacity on the bike because you're a bit smaller, you could 100% get away with going, you know, five to 10 RPM less than some of the big heavy hitters were on the bike and have a great score. Like, be in that in the mix of like that 420 to 430 range where you're in a lot of regions that'd be putting you in like a sixth, seventh, eighth place kind of a position. Uh, and so, yeah. that's just like it. I think that as a smaller guy, you 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 weren't gonna crank up top three probably in that one, but you could definitely manage it in a way that could put you in the top ten. So you think more of a balanced workout? I think it was more balanced than sure. people gave okay. it credit for on yeah. on and I think it's trap, right? Like the problem yeah. is everybody yeah. looks at it and goes, Oh, it's a big guy workout. I gotta bike really hard. And if you don't have the capacity to bike really hard, now you're like you've buried yourself in the second round and you get to that last bike, and now you can't bike fast and you can't hold on to your toaster bar. But if you're like like I think Colton just had the composure to be like I'm not going to be a hero on the bike and he biked at like a hard but sustainable pace that allowed him to just move really fast everywhere else and there's a lot of time like if you're running with the bag even versus like waddling like my last carry I was like waddling with the bag and it was probably (laughs) four seconds slower just to carry the bag 50 feet or 60 feet or whatever it was so like yeah I think that there's you know and and like, like again, Colton's a bit of an outlier himself, right? Like I think he's right. super better thin. at the machine power output thing than most people his size. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I think he just he just managed it well. Like he made good decisions for him. But do I think that a guy his size could win that workout? No. Yeah. Hence it being a big guy workout. <laughs> like
2: from a they're, programming they're just... standpoint, from a programming standpoint, specifically at the games or just any competition where let's just say there's like more than seven or eight events. Do you like it where you see a workout and think, okay, cool. Yeah. That one's probably for the smaller, more gymnasty guy. Okay, cool. This one's probably for the power athlete. Okay, cool. This one's like, this one's just fitness. A little bit of both could go either way. Or would you like it better if it all the workouts were like the big guys mad and the little guys mad for different reasons? Like do you like that there are specific workouts that do maybe biased toward a type of athlete that then get offset because you see a lot of like leaderboard shifts and stuff like that. Or would you rather see more workouts maybe like that, like that finale? So, so this is where the, cu- the it, cuts, bro.
1: the cuts thing kind of is, makes a difference now. Right. Is I think that I'm definitely guilty of trying to look at every workout in a silo and being like, well, this is clearly skewed this way. Like it's a bad mm-hmm. workout, which isn't the case. If you can zoom out and say, Oh, we have 15 workouts to do this one fits over here. These ones fit over here. And those ones are going to balance each other out as long as you get to do both of them. (laughs) And that's the problem with the cuts. (laughs) Right. So I think that that's where it becomes a little more nuanced, but I I would say my bias is I'm very, I'm very guilty of wanting everything to have like a good flow to it in a single workout and being like, Oh, well, here's a a piece of this workout that's going to benefit a certain athletes phenotype and then this part's where they're going to stumble, but that's going to benefit the other guys. Like, oh, these guys are going to crush the ring muscle ups. But now over here, we've got to do heavy walking lunges. And like, oh, that's going to be like a, more of a, a flip of like the big guys are going to have an advantage there and, and whatever, right? And I, So I like to see that, but it's not necessary as long as you have a full balanced overall test. Like, yeah, every now and then you're going to take a hit. And the people who are really good, taking a hit maybe means only 10th. But then the stuff that they're really great at they are taking top threes and then that's how you, that's how you win the games. But I think that if, as long as you have a, you have an offset for those things when they do come up, like if we're going to run a, you know, one mile time trial on a assault runner, you better offset that with something that the small guys are going to crush or whatever. Right. Or, or that's very high skill in some sense where that's going to, at some point uh, balance those things out at least a little bit. So, yeah, I I think that it's important to have those things in mind when you're programming a full competition. Um, And in this case, you know, JR, you kind of said it's almost like three mini competitions. And so that's where you might have to be paying attention to that. Like if you are going to have, say, on Saturday, you're cutting from 30 to 20 and Saturday is going to have one piece that heavily skews one direction, you should hope that in that same day, we've also got something that's going to pull the pendulum back a little bit. So you don't just do like, even if it's like three tests on, on Saturday and two of them are really heavy and one of them's like, you know, neutral, like that's a pretty big skew for, for a certain type of athlete. Right. Um, So hopefully we see some of that, but those are the, yeah, the things to keep in mind, not everything needs to be perfect within the one workout, but it should be, everything's going to move the needle one way or the other. And you should hope that at the end it's, it's close to the middle.
0: I've, I've heard Dave say before that he doesn't look at big man, little man when programming. Question one, do you believe that? Two, do you think the games team in general takes that into consideration when programming? Or do you think they just try to rely on variants of modality and movement variations and patterns? Do they look at big guy, little guy?
1: Probably not in those terms, or at least they may not admit it, but I think that there's ways to still analyze those things and just use different language. <laughs> like, yeah. I think that being like, this <laughs> is a heavy workout, this is a light workout, this is a gymnastics workout, this is a weightlifting workout, which I think is tends to be the language they use, right? They might yeah. be like, oh, weightlifting, gymnastics, monostructural and whatever. And I think that those terms are loosely applied in a lot of cases, but uh, you know, like I wouldn't call a wall ball a weightlifting movement, but I believe that mm-hmm. they do. But, uh, you know, I think that when you look at those things, it's hard to ignore certain trends. Like, if you're programming and then you're like, hey, you know, four out of six of these are like heavy. Uh, okay. Like, you, you notice that stuff. So I think that you would just be like, oh, we're, you know, we're skewing heavy. We got to add in some light stuff or like some quick stuff. Um, and, you know, I think that they overall, honestly, <clears throat> I think that the games has done a pretty good job of that in the last bunch of years. Um, I don't think when I look at the overall work like set of workouts for a whole, the whole weekend, I've very often looked at it and been like, Oh, this is extremely skewed one direction or the other. Um, you know, the questions of years like, uh, 2019, where they, they cut a lot of people at different stages. Then you're, you're like, you're making checkpoints and you're looking back from the checkpoint and you're like, well, yeah, before this, there was like all one style. And then on this was like all one style. And um, that changes the view, but if you look at the whole the whole weekend of that, it actually was a pretty good set of
0: workouts. What's your favorite year of games programming? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh,
1: I mean, I think 2016 was pretty fun. I'm, I'm only going to go to the years I competed in because I don't. Uh, I, I I don't think I wouldn't say I was paying that close attention if I wasn't competing. Mm-hmm uh 16 i think was really fun 18 was really fun 21 was pretty fun um i liked 2020 like i watched some of that when they did the five person one hmm. the only one i didn't like was the trail run yeah the, the, the out and back I thought it was the only one that was out of place other than that, that whole set of workouts. I really liked and not including stage one. I think Mm -hmm. stage one was terrible. I think it was a last minute throw together. And what we (laughs) saw with the five people was the initial plan for what the games was going to be. And then stage one was like a panic. Like we got to do something to filter this thing. And they threw it together super fast and it was really (laughs) bad. But I think like every workout, but one was like five minutes long or shorter. It was just like, it was super weird, but, uh, I think that the, yeah, the, the full games of 2020 was really cool too. I just didn't like the, the twist of the trail run. I thought it was nonsense, stupid, stupid, how they didn't tell him prior to, and then. Yeah. I just think it rewards, it rewards the wrong thing. Basically. It's like, if I say, Hey Taylor, like go run your best 5k. And if you do that, (laughs) if you do that, you've got no gas in the tank. You did exactly what you were asked to do and you nailed it. And then at the end I go, ah, just kidding run another way. like so let's say if you put this in a different a different context it sounds even stupid let's say i go yeah. okay taylor one rep max front squat and then as soon as you stand up the bar shaken barely got it up i go whoa wait one more <laughs> Yeah, it is. so like come I, on. i've
0: never thought of it like that and that's the, the person the
1: person who yeah. executed the objective the poorest And came in super fresh around that first lap is then disproportionately rewarded overall (laughs) with points, which is just insane to me. I was like that. that That's like I get the like drama of the twist. But from a test perspective and a programming perspective, it just it doesn't reflect properly. It's like, you know, and then that year, I think, you know, Tia for the men, it didn't matter as much but Tia had won the first half for the women. And then I think Katrin came out of like third yep. and, and ended me. up winning the 10 K. Cause yeah. she just like paced the five K. Like what? Like yeah. she went from being literally middle of the pack to winning because of a twist like that. Yeah, I just like that one. I didn't sit well with, me, but the rest of it was great. I actually think that year, that was one I was sad to miss. So I, I that's one I, I really liked. Talking about like knowing things
2: last minute. I mean, just last year, you know, Boz really wasn't the kind of guy to like put out teasers like Dave used to kind of put out some teasers or maybe put out some incomplete uh, notepad scribblings where you had like the movements, like I think the sandbag, ski, rope climb year. There's like you kind of knew some stuff. He had that guy announce the uh, like the pig workout one year. Right. It was like that, you know, to just to kind of give some hints to kind of create some excitement. Boz seems like, and I mean, he's even said a lot in really, really old videos, like I'll wait until the Metcon for the class before I told my classes what the workout was going to be. Like, I'll wait as long as I can possibly wait. Are you in the camp of like, I'm a real athlete. That's, that's even better for me. Or would you like more heads up than less?
0: Um, I would like less. I I think, I
1: I think it's good for generating excitement to give mm-hmm. something or, and I think there's other ways you can do it other than programming, but um, you know, for a couple reasons, one, I tend to do well at unknown elements when people have less time to practice and I'm a pretty good first try guy. Um, and the other thing is I just, I'll ruminate. Like if I know kind of what's going on, whether it's partial details or full details, whether I've practiced it or not, I'll just like, I think about it too much. And if I don't know it, I can't think about it. I sleep better at night. It's no problem. But mm. if I know I, I tend to kind of analyze every aspect of it and probably overanalyze it a little bit. And I, you know, I'm, I've been fine both ways. Like I've been very successful in events and weekends where we know very little. Uh, and I've also done well in ones where we have all the details. So I don't think it, you know, it matters a ton performance wise. Um, but I personally, I would prefer less uh, just because it's I think it kind of makes it exciting. And there's some drama there. And, and I think that I i am a I think I'm a better athlete than a lot of the guys that are there. I right. figure in that stuff out on the fly. I'm a very diverse athletic background, which I think benefits me a lot.
2: For sure. Like to me, and I, I asked this ta- this question to Taylor maybe a month or so ago. And we were, we were talking about the way that strength is traditionally tested and what we what they've kind of always done in CrossFit and just thinking about ways that you could test the same thing just in non-traditional methods and being like, Hey Taylor, which one's more important? Um, a one rep max power clean or a max vertical jump. And he thought about it and he was like, you know what? Like, like both of them show an extreme amount of explosive yeah, power generation. Right. Yeah. So it's like, to me, it's like, you can wait until, 30 minutes before to tell them that they don't know what they can hit. They have no clue, a technique. They they haven't had time to work with apply metrics guru or whatever, just in the same capacity as if you were like, all right, guys, we're going to do a wonder max power clean. Just got to catch above parallel. That's all you got to do. Okay, cool. Well, I, you know, I know what I can hit. Maybe I'll have some juice. No problem. Like I think things like that, like a standing triple jump, right? They did a standing broad jump one year. Okay, cool. Well, as soon as your feet land, you have to leave again. And then as soon as your feet land again, there can be no foot movement at all. And it's going to be total distance over three jumps. And we're not going to do a traditional barbell test. And people are like, oh, that's not, you know, weightlifting's on the pyramid with throwing and jumping isn't on there and ever. But like, to me, that kind of unknown and un- noble stuff is perfect for the games. Now, Yo, and even, even like you just said, right, right, right next to throwing, might, might be good to know. Might, 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 might be good to know a couple of days before. Um, and well, I think when there's not. equipment
1: considerations, it makes a difference. Right. But yeah, um, I, so here's the biggest problem with that: is uh, we're, we're trying to generate a spectator sport, right? So right. it's there are certain things that are more visually appealing. Uh, so it would be trying to find ways to make a vertical jump or a standing broad jump, super enticing. Um, yeah. but I mean, is there ways to make it work by the point being other, other ways to, to test strength or to test pow- explosiveness or power? Yeah, there are, we just, and we get used to doing certain kinds. I think actually what like Boz last year was pretty good at coming up with some different looks to test things that we've been testing in the past, um, and, you mm-hmm. know, some of it was met with criticism, but I think it was fun to have a different look to things and to do so many new things in a year. Like if, in a normal year, we're, we're maybe doing one new thing. Uh, so it's kind of cool to have like, a few different things pop up and to see how people behave with it. So I like stuff like that. I would love to, and I admittedly do a lot less of it these days. Uh, actual athleticism drills. I feel like I only do a lot of plyometric agility stuff basically post semifinals time uh for like a couple months pre-games i don't really do a lot of jump training anymore um so you know i think it would catch a lot of people off guard uh, and it's it's a fun style of training like well, you know it i mean you a lot, you still, it a lot I mean, less. you know some things
2: some things you've done so many times and like taylor can speak to this also like i think about the waterpalooza workout you know with the hurdle hops and how Some people just look like athletes, like they had done stuff like that before with hard running. And some people had to pause on the ground. And recently on main site, you know, they posted that sumo deadlift, high pull lateral jump over a 24 inch object. And you just had to clear it back and forth. It's like, okay, cool. Well, that is a jumping in a in a way that most people don't train it. That does blow up your legs, but also shows a little bit more explosiveness, athleticism, coordination, all that kind of stuff. And I, I kind of hope that it's not just like, oh, yeah, there's this box. We just that's what we used to jump. That's it. That and this jump rope. And that's it. You know, mm-hmm. and I think up and over was such a was such an overlooked workout because that was cool. Like you did a get over with hands. Then you did a high box jump onto and over. Then you cleared the pig. So it was at least just some more athleticism mixed in with some traditional crossfit.
1: For sure. Taylor, did you have something to add there?
0: No, I was just gonna. Well, I was gonna ask if it if you didn't like the fact that last year they didn't have any kind of burpee at the games. <laughs> well, I hadn't even I'm really hung considered up it. that, dude. I'm hung I up on really that so it. hard.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, like is thruster. that the first?
0: Is that the first time? Ah, man, I I, I think so, Jr. Mm, I don't think that's right, but I'll have. I think to, there's like, one oh, other
1: year. a few minutes. But.
0: I think there's one other year. Oh, maybe maybe I like.
1: We could figure it out probably pretty soon. Uh, well, did we do any in 2021?
0: I don't, I don't think so, man. Yeah. 2021, they had the yoke workout with the burpee getovers, right? Was that 21? That yes. was burpee. That, that was burpee. 20, stand was burpee yeah, over, yeah. The, over. It was the a tail. burpee
1: too, though. Hey, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if I care that much, but. Uh, I don't mind. I, I usually do pretty well at burpee workouts. I love so burpees, maybe it yeah. would have helped me out a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> but I would have taken it. Um, I don't know. I think that the reality is you're always going to miss things, right? There's only so much testing that you can do and and there's only so many events you can run before you, you know, we're not going to do 20. So I think it's just, you gotta, sometimes you gotta miss a few things. I don't like when there's things that get missed. See, again, this is my like OCD around wanting things to be perfect. I hate when we miss certain things but then there's things that get repeated. Mm. Um, Mm. Yeah. So that, that always bothers me. Like, like like 2021, we did a one rep max snatch and we did the snatch and the echo bike and like extremely different. But if, and I haven't really thought about it, uh, but if there's things that we like that are very normal that we would have missed to make space to snatch twice, it would bug me or the run clean where we, we ran and cleaned heavy twice. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, if we had made space to run and clean heavy twice by, like, skipping a super, like, not having any, uh, whatever, double unders or something, like, something that's very common, uh, I would sort of, like, it, it would, it would hit, sit in the back of my head funny and make me feel weird about it. But, again, everything's not perfect. And as long as you're testing skill sets and things like that, I think it's fine. It doesn't need to be everything all the
0: time. And what do you think about the format? This is another question I had hat trick from last year where it was that one round for time, wall ball, dumbbell snatch, sprint to finish, rest an hour, repeat, you know? Yeah. I I'll be honest. I didn't
1: like it initially. I didn't really get it. Um, I felt like it was just, yeah, the, the rest was too long. It was like, mm-hmm. if whoever's the fastest in the first one is just going to continue to be the fastest. I don't know. Like I, I reflected on it a bit and I think that the, the risk is then what becomes the, the biggest factor is like, okay, have I, I got to try to like really blast out of the bottom of the squat, maybe get close on depth. Like I can't just like float through the bottom of this squat. I got to try to hit the bottom of this wall ball target to shave time across 20 seconds for this 12 foot, uh, Target, like you need to try to find ways to move a little faster. And then if you sh- cut it too close and you miss one, that's a huge hit. So it becomes an execution test. And like who can go three for three on execution? And then for the most part, anybody who is three for three for execution is going to be in one pile. And then people who had one mistake is going to be in another pile. People who had two mistakes will be in another pile up. So i'm okay with that i don't mind high execution value workouts um the one thing i didn't like is i felt like the judging was not consistent on that one okay Uh, and we were we were told in the warm-up area that initially we were told that you were allowed to just like drop your dumbbell somebody asked they're like yeah just drop your dumbbell from overhead (laughs) and then people were like well that's kind of sketchy we're pretty close and they they'll (laughs) like cartwheel And if if the guy in front of me has just dropped a hundred pound dumbbell and it's flying into my ankle as I'm like pulling a squat snatch, that's not very cool. (laughs) And they're like, huh, they did a little powwow and they're like, yeah, good point. So what we're going to have you do is you have to come down and like throw it between your legs. So you're releasing when it's like up below your hip basically. And then you're just like stepping through. So they said that. And then on the floor, all the fastest people were just dumping it straight from overhead to the side like right into buddy's lane and it was just like man come on like and you see it happen but i don't know what the judges have been told so i want to do that but i'm not gonna cuz if i get no rep on a fucking dumbbell squat snatch and i've got to go now run backwards pick up the dumbbell again do another dumbbell squat snatch that's a death sentence yeah so it's like i'm going to take the extra one second or half second per rep But now you're doing, you know, you're doing that across your six squat snatches for each round. And it's going to cost you five seconds in your overall time. And, you know, other guys are just getting away with murder out there. It's super annoying, but that was one thing that stuck with me from that workout. And that's just, you know, flooring consistencies. And we don't know, you can ask all the questions, but you don't know what the judges get told. And you just have to like, like I said, it was too risky for me. I was not willing to take the risk to get the, uh, the no rep that could just like totally sink your event. Um, and, you know, could have I could have, like, bumped me up to, like, a top, like, a fifth place finish or something. I think I finished, like, eighth or ninth or something in that one. But, you know, might have bumped me up to, like, close to fifth, but could have sunk me down to, like, 20th. <laughs> so, I was like, ah, you know, what are you going to do? But I think there's room for those types of events. I think we did a lot of them last year was one of the yeah. parts where we got – there was yep. some criticism. Like, shuttle overhead was very similar uh, in terms of execution value. And so was the – Skillboard, yeah. yeah, the pigboard pistol, pistol workout, right? So, yeah. I think those were all you know, uh, f- ah, shuttled overhead less so than the other one, probably just because the rest was less, but uh, where you had some rest and you were testing intervals and execution mattered a lot. Um, would you put back
2: so, nine into that just because if you go for that first front squat a little early and you miss that clean, that's that's 10 or 15 seconds, and in sure. that workout, that's crazy expensive, or would you not really put that in the
1: execution category? I mean, those other ones are all intervals. So that's, I was kind of putting right. them in a different category because of that. Back nine, yeah, I guess, yeah. But it was, it was like a sprint, it was short. So we had right. quite a few tests that were determined based off sprint efforts that were high risk, high execution. Um, so, you know, there was probably f- f- five overall in the weekend. Yeah, four, four, or
2: five. Four, four intervals, right? Counting that with the swim, right? Swim four interval, interval tests yeah, out of, a yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a and lot. Then,
1: and then back nine being like a, you know, three-minute workout so uh, a lot of a lot of very fast high execution style events um which you know nothing wrong with that that's kind of a way to keep the sport interesting too if you just kind of know who's fitter and mistakes don't matter because they get washed away if you got a thousand reps in a workout and i make a mistake here or there but i'm just fitter than everybody else those mistakes wash away, but it's like having a significant time penalty per mistake where, you know, you see someone even as dominant as Tia, you know, you miss a few single unders and then you're eliminated. And suddenly like, well, I just took a 30th, like shit. So it can make the, the overall competition a little more exciting. So I think we always, athletes get frustrated because you want, you want your score and your points to be a perfect reflection of how fit you are. Um, how fit you feel you are and the, and it, it's just not the case but that's the same in every sport and i yeah. think that we've kind of gotten a little too used to that um so it's just a different look where like look man i could be you could be the best team on the field 364 days a year but like everybody loves an underdog story and if you mess up on a couple of easy routine things cuz you're not paying attention or your focus is elsewhere you know, it it opens the door for other people, so I think that there is some value to that. And you know, you ask me after I've made the mistake, and I'll hate it.
0: But <laughs>
1: if you ask me, like you know, after I've, I've had a little bit of time to get clear-headed about it, yeah, it's I think that it's it's an okay, it's a great thing to have as part of a sport. It keeps things exciting and interesting. Right.
0: But, Do you, you think know, I think that there's game. room?
1: I think that we could, uh, yeah. Like last year was maybe slightly an overcorrection, and maybe we can. I don't know.
0: Again, some, but not I, too much. Do you think the games team is going to trend more towards have in? Have you witnessed at least over the past year since Boz has been at the helm and then now Dave being back as director of sport or general manager of sport or head of sport? Um, do you see them? It, it seemed like to me in the past, they weren't very receptive to athlete feedback or feedback in general from the community. That could be wrong. It could be just my limited perception. Um, so I guess that's the first question. Second, do you think that'll improve or has it improved?
1: I think that that would, that has been the perception for sure. Overall. I don't think that's just you um, for a long time. And I think it is improving. I think that it's taking time. And I think, uh, you know, that's part of the work we're trying to do with the PFAA is being, is even just creating actual information and data, like surveying large bodies of coaches, athletes, after every major competition for, Things, not even events that CrossFit Games is running. Just like, Mm -hmm. hey, you were at the French Throwdown. Was there anything really awesome that they did that you thought more events should be doing this? This seems like a no-brainer now that I've seen it. Uh, Anything that was really crazy that you wish nobody ever did again? And, And can we compile some of this information to make, you know, just create a list of items that we can say, hey, CrossFit Games, here's things that generally everybody loves in competition. Here's things that generally people are like, they don't really like to see can we trend towards a better, better competition as far as execution, athlete experience, fairness, all these things, just creating tangible targets uh, and having conversations with them. Like not everything's doable all the time. And I think that that's the, I I think that CrossFit games in the past, the reason maybe they've looked or people have felt like they're very non receptive is I do think they have a tendency to be a bit defensive uh, and right after the game's finished, like, everybody, it's, I, I get it. Like, you just put, poured your heart and soul into something, got super. I feel the same fucking way. Like, I hop off the floor and somebody says, geez, you know, you really look like you were standing around out there. I'm like, dude, get out of my face. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hear it right now. We just, like, I tried my best, whatever. So, I, I think there's, it's good to create it, gather information, try to generate feedback, let there be a little bit of a time delay. And then in the offseason, say like, Hey, like here are some things that have been routinely, routinely causing problems. Is there a better way that we can calibrate running machines? Is there a better way that we can choose what sleds to use? Like, are there better ways to do this and that like this year? I think also one of the problems nowadays actually is that uh, every issue and mistake is highlighted in a massive way. Cause everybody's got a YouTube station that they're just blasting people on. Um, but <laughs> So I don't think that they've, you know, made more mistakes than in the past, but every time they make one, it just gets like waved around in everyone's face. So this year there was lots of little things from like mixing up the weights at the open announcement to like the runners and the sleds at semifinals and this and that. But they've also been doing some really great things that I think they deserve to be praised for. Like when we did that running snatch workout there were warm-up bars right next to the floor that people could continue to stay warm on up until right before we took the floor. Instead of having like our corral time would have been like 30 minutes between touching your last heavy barbell to getting on an 800 meter run and then having to snatch heavy in like two minutes, three minutes. So that was really awesome. And we were like, man, we've been begging competition fields to do this everywhere. And like, this was perfect. They're just like, it's right behind the grandstands, hang over there. When we have like a one minute warning, we're going to grab you guys and reline you up. And we're like, this is just like beauty. So there's stuff like that, that they're like, you know, they've been learning and collecting information and trying to make things better where they can. But um, I think that they will, our hope is that they'll be receptive to organized information. I think it's hard when you're just being accused and criticized openly on platforms that sucks and everybody, I don't care who you are, you'll get defensive. So our hope is like, that's why we're trying to be like a little more diplomatic, maybe about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let there be some time post events when everybody's emotions are raw, get the information and survey athletes Be like, Hey, I see you're pissed off. Why are you pissed off? What did you hate the most? And then, you know, we can categorize all that information, put it into boxes and say like, it seems like these are the themes of things that are bothering coaches. These are the themes of things that are bothering athletes. Like, are the ways we can improve this, that's not going to affect, you know, super adversely affect the way the competition runs the timing the the spectator experience whatever because there is a lot of balls to keep in the air Um, but our feeling as the athletes of course is that Mm -hmm. better conditions for athletes and coaches and things like that is going to help to drive the sport forward nobody wants to keep competing in a sport where they're just getting kicked in the face every five minutes so if we create a, a situation where athletes are feeling you know feeling supported uh you know the the event cares about them their needs are being met the things aren't being dangerously run or reckless then and, and they feel like it's fair they're going to keep showing up and then you're going to have your, your top athletes surviving for 10-year careers and things like that like I, to me honestly it's pretty wild even up to the and sports young but like what if we we have like Cole and uh BK and Noah this year as like the some of the few guys ever to run a 10 year career like that's pretty wild (laughs) like we should hope that we have more people who can survive for 10 years so let's make that more doable right um anyway so we're hoping like the diplomatic approach is going to help a lot and and make them a little more receptive to that stuff uh but yeah it's tough i think that sometimes you just get met with resistance because it's defensiveness and a knee jerk and just try to like feels funny if you guys have played team sports like you know sometimes you have to give people feedback that's like you know compliment sandwich or or you gotta you have to like (laughs) massage them in a way that makes them feel like it was their idea it sometimes feels like that like we're like hey look like no not trying to get in your face at all about this but like we were just kind of thinking you know oh hey wouldn't it be cool if this or that and if we can present it in a way that doesn't feel like an overt attack of like you should be doing this no 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 that that's that's how we're going to make improvements. So I think that there's already enough of the attacking going on. Like I said, through YouTube and stuff. Um, so we're trying to be understanding of everything that they need to balance to make this whole thing work and just be like, Hey, are there other ways we can fit some of these other things in? And then they've done some of it. Like the bars were a great addition, uh, you know, coach access in the last couple of years of the games has been much better. Uh, like people might not know, but for the last bunch of years in Madison, coaches weren't allowed to go to the North field up area at all. They would oh, just wow. send the athletes out there with their bags and be like, okay, coaches stay here. Athletes you are going to go warm up there and then you're going to compete. Like you might be there for an hour or more uh, depending on your heat and coaches just weren't allowed to go. And now they are. And that was because we were like, Hey, why is this? Should we just, is it just like a space thing? Can we set aside an area for coaches to come? It would be really helpful. Uh, and so they, you know, they've allowed that to change. So I think that sometimes it's just, you, you don't see things because it's not in your direct line of sight and you're focused on a thousand different things. So that's the hope is we can just draw some attention to little areas and be like, Hey, did you ever notice this? And people will be like, no, actually, no. Like, okay. Well maybe have a look at this and see what you think. And, and sometimes the solutions are pretty obvious and it's just that nobody's really shined a light on it yet.
0: Dope. JR, anything else? This is, we typically cap ourselves at 45 minutes, but we've had a good, we've had a good talk. We had a good flow. Yeah. So
2: no, that's it, man.
0: Well, so Um, do we have a, do we,
1: how do we have a, um, a conclusion on size mattering
0: for CrossFit? (laughs) <laughs> yeah smaller, <laughs> smaller the better or what there you go dude smaller the better i don't know i think over the pa- uh i, I think,
2: think really really
0: on. i i think until
2: until someone six foot or taller wins the crossfit games you're you're gonna you're gonna say that like it's more beneficial to
1: be smaller than five, the eight. average than it is to be taller than the average five yeah. eight ish maybe you, I think that in the last – what do you think has been happening with the trends of size for athletes, average size? In the I last think this years, year it's
0: trending bigger. That's that the they're years. getting bigger. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think it's getting bigger. I'd say that overall height and weight has been getting higher. For sure for the men. For sure. I, again, I pay less attention to the women's field just yeah. because I'm actively competing in the men's field. But uh, I think that so – like right now that's how it looks and to maintain the balance of skills that we need to – uh, size is getting up there. We're getting more people that are around six feet, maybe a little more um, and heavier for sure. And they, people that can still do that and still, you know, do the gymnastics and run and all the stuff. Fine. So, um, but I will say there are certain instances where you, you, you can't beat size. I line up on the start line to a lot of events and I know exactly who I cannot beat based on what the, what the test is in front of me and who's standing next to me. And the best you can hope for is to stay close.
2: But and the fact of the matter is there, there are more of those tests in every competition where you're the athletes that you know are smaller than you versus you saying that to yourselves that the athlete's
1: bigger than you. Probably, yeah. And that's just because we, we're turning over a lot of reps, I think. So range of motion ends up mattering more, um, especially in other competitions, like the games where you are covering distance uh, in a lot of different events, more so than in, in other competitions. Uh, that's where being bigger matters more. But yeah, I would say it's nice to shave a couple. I wouldn't mind shaving a couple inches off these arms, you know? Yeah. I'm not playing real just sports arm, anymore, like high, traditional yeah, just sports. <laughs> it was nice when I had to like reach to guard a defender or something, but I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> now they just no. hang out and flap in the breeze.
0: All right. I gotta run to the gym. I gotta coach. All right, buddy. Thank Great. you, Pat, You're for fun. coming on, dude. My pleasure.